Welcome to What is Truth? The radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Now your hosts, doctor and pastor of Grace and Truth Church in Amherst, Michael Caesar, and co-host Johnny D. Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And welcome to another edition of the What is Truth radio show here every Sunday morning. And we thank you for listening and uh, we hope you're having a good Sunday morning. Uh, the first uh, Sunday of summer, formally, uh, we'd like you just to sit down and join us. Pull up one of your favorite morning beverages, a coffee or tea, and get your Bible and open up to the book of the Acts of the Apostles, the fifth book of the New Testament after the four Gospels. We're going to be in chapter five, and our panel here today consists of yours truly, Dr. Michael Caesar and our street preaching evangelist, Mark Sassy. Amen. And our, our good friend, our mistress in the ministry, uh, <laughs> Teresa D. Pietro. And uh, good she morning. loves uh, the word of the Lord. And we're all studying. We've been, we've all read through this chapter a number of times ourselves yeah. just to get uh, re-familiarized with it. And what's happening here, as we've been learning, is that uh, God wants to begin the building of the church of Jesus Christ because we remembered in the first chapter, Jesus was still with the men and he told them that uh, you are, I'm going to go up to heaven and what will happen is ye shall receive power from the Father and the Holy Ghost will come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me. And they're supposed to tell what they know about Jesus. The building of the church is built on the truth of the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely. The things that he did, uh, the things that he taught, and that's what the church is about. And we saw right away in the second chapter, Peter came out and gave a great sermon at Pentecost. Yes. And just based on him speaking words of truth, it says 3,000 people were added to the church. Amen. So how do we get added to the church? By preaching. And by hearing, right? Yeah. yeah. Preaching and hearing. hearing. Someone preach. Go. And receiving. Absolutely. Yeah. And it just is great because here it is in Acts 1. We were just out on the streets yesterday yeah. and somebody questioned, you know, the, where in the Bible does it say you're supposed to be out doing this right and holding up signs? Acts. And right in the beginning of Acts, it shows you here. But you shall receive power. Here it is. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem. So Jerusalem right now, here and now, is like your own little area. Yes. And then you go out to the outermost parts of the world. Yeah, and in all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. You know, that's a command. It is God a command. God gives a command to Christians yeah. for the church in our age mm -hmm. to go out and preach. Right. And I noticed that in the very next chapter... Peter preaches in Acts 2. <laughs> Look at and that. in Acts 3, he Peter listens. preaches. Yeah. And in Acts 4, Peter preaches again. <laughs> yeah, and one of the things, the, the topics that he preaches on over and over and over is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yes. He talks about uh, he was uh, killed, uh, slain by wicked hands, but God raised him up from the dead. And then he talked about a prophecy of the resurrection mm -hmm. and that uh, the resurrection of Christ, his soul was not left down in hell in the heart of the earth. Uh, God raised up Jesus and we are all witnesses and he's now exalted by the right hand of God. And this is the message that they sent out. Chapter two, chapter three, uh, chapter four. Now today we're in chapter five. 
where he preaches again. And, and it's just, it's just, it's kind of like the same thing over. Yeah. It's a, just right getting the truth out, yes. right. which is why we have a show. What is truth? What is truth? Yeah. Truth is what God says about his son, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. I don't think Peter yeah. took two or three years to try to get to know these guys and build a relationship and show through lifestyle evangelism. He just went out and preached. Yes. Yes. He the, just went out and preached the, go- yeah, the gospel right Amen. to the, right to the heart of it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, let's dig in. Uh, yes. If we start here, there's a new paragraph marking in verse 12 and I'll go to verse 17. The next paragraph The Bible says in Acts chapter 5, verse 12, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And the rest, and of the rest, durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes, both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets, and they laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. How about that? Amen. That's, Amen. that's the kind of stuff that's going on there. I notice mm-hmm. right in that 12th verse, it says they were all of one accord, and where were they? They, they were in Solomon's porch, Solomon's porch, right outside the temple there, right and outside the temple, which is where they had been commanded not to go and not to preach. And that was kind of the hot spot. Like they could have chosen many other places to go, but they went to that place. That's now, where God was sending them. Now, yeah. just just for the listener to hear this, they were commanded not by Jesus no. to stay away from there and preach, but by the civil authorities yes. and the religious authorities yes. who are opposing the preaching of the word of God and here, historically, at the temple. Yes. And, and it's not just in that one spot. Um, further down in verse 21, they're back at the temple. Yep. And then I think it's at the end of the chapter, verse 42, and daily in the temple and yep. in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Amen. So I think it's, it's interesting that they were right there at the temple. And now, they obeyed God rather than men. Yes. Now, an interesting thing is when you read those verses that you just read in verse 12, that uh, many signs and wonders were wrought uh, by the hands of the apostles, signs like a sick people being healed, all these types of things. Uh, we might wonder, well, why doesn't God do that today? But going back here, this is where we learn in the Bible that Acts is the history book yes. in the New Testament. And it's the history of how God began to work with his apostles in the early beginning of the church. And one of the things he needed to do was, here they are coming with a New Testament. Yes, No one's heard this for 1,600 years. No, nope. I mean, they've had the Old Testament for this long period of time. And here comes some men preaching a New Testament. And at the temple where God gave them the law of Moses and people might wonder, well, do we know God's in this for sure? How do we know these guys aren't just making this stuff up? And so God is confirming their work by uh, 
Absolutely. Signs and wonders. Yeah. By and, miracles. It's like insert, like I had this written down, the spirit comes and the spirit comes. And then the first thing out is sermons and signs to follow. Yes. And to confirm the word hundreds of years of scripture, the Lord is confirming the preached word. He's confirming it with signs. Yeah. By the hands of not the believers, but by the hands of the apostles. Of the apostles. And, yeah. and interestingly, yeah. that verse you just read, I'm looking at it here. If you have your Bibles, folks, and you look at Acts chapter five and verse 12, it opens up by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And then there's a parenthesis. And, and they, meaning all the people along with the apostles, were with one accord in Solomon's porch. And the rest of the people implied, durst no man join himself to them. Nobody would dare to say, hey, I'm an apostle also. They, right. they kind of knew better. I don't have that power. Right. I'm not going to yeah. boast of something I don't have. No. It would be like someone today uh, pretending to be, let's say, a doctor or pretending to be a policeman or pretending to be something that they are not uh, for fraud. I mean, people don't, you know, throw a badge on and pretend they're a policeman. They don't have the power behind them. So this is something God was giving only to the apostles at the beginning of of the work of God in the beginning of the church. Yes. Paul would write later on to the Corinthians, um, 2 Corinthians 12, 12, regarding me, Paul says, truly the signs of an apostles, uh, were, of an apostle were wrought by me among you in all patience and in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. And one of the things we might want to help the people understand because, look, I, I think everyone would like a miracle. Sure. I mean, that would be kind of neat. I mean, a miracle transcends natural law. Right. So it's natural for us to get old. Be nice if someone could do a miracle and make me young again. Right. It's it's uh, people get sick. It'd be nice if someone could buy a a, a miracle. They just pray to, for a miracle. They they pray for it. You know, sure. they, 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 they always beg for do. It. They pray yeah. for dreams and signs and wonders and miracles and and God gave His word. Yeah. <laughs> and God gave His word exactly. Now, now and in God's word, though, when we study it, and and those of us here at this table have taken the time to read the Bible through from beginning to end, Genesis yes. to Revelation, and it covers this long span of time, four thousand yeah. two hundred years, and you think, wow, miracles are going on everywhere. Actually, they're not. They're not. Right. They're the exception to the rule of the 4,200 years. There's only about 100 years out of the 4,200 where God did miracles. That's right. And he did them in three little groupings, a short period when he was birthing the nation Israel with Moses. Yes. And and Moses had an apprentice, Joshua, Joshua that could do some miracles. Yeah. And, and once God, and that was the Old Testament, and God said, I want to show you, these are my writings. I'm going to use these two men. I'm going to confirm it with miracles. Once these things are written down, they don't, you don't need the miracles anymore. Just right. read what's written. Right. right. Then it was prophets right. prophesying, but not so much yeah. miracles. And about 700 years later, that's right, when the people were beginning to disobey what God wrote, God sent two miracle-working prophets back to try and stir them back to reality. Elijah. And, and his <laughs> and apprentice, Elisha. Elisha. Yeah. And they did it for a short period, about 40 years. Yeah. And then God dried it up for 700 years until his son came. And then Jesus, of course, we know is the greatest miracle worker, worker of all. But his yeah. apprentices are the apostles. Yes. And hey. they... And, and there's a qualification to be an apostle. Yeah. Like I'm here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, the very first verse, Paul says, Am I not an apostle? Question mark. Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? 
right? There you he go. He was there. Yes. He saw him. Yes. You know, face to face. And the, without that, you're not an apostle, which means there's no apostle today no. in 2023. Th- there are no more. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, we're reading the Acts of the Apostles, and I guess the time period we're looking at here in chapter 5 might be about uh, 35 A.D. It's just a few years after Christ went up to heaven. Yeah. Right. You read 65 years later in the book of Revelation, and, and Jesus now is speaking to the apostle John, the last living apostle, and he talks to John and he says, I want you to write a little note to this church, Revelation chapter 2, in Ephesus, because now we're at the end, John. You're the final apostle. And he says about this little church at Ephesus, he says, I, I know thy works, uh, I know thy labor, verse 2, I know thy patience, I know how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and has tried them which say they are apostles, and they are not, and has found them liars. The mm. apostolic age is drawing to an end. John's about to die. There will be no more apostles. There will be no more need for apostles, because Revelation is the final book being written by John. And after that, if you want to believe, you can believe by scripture, not by signs and wonders. That's by right. faith. Yeah. Right. By faith in what God has written. Amen. Yeah, what he's got given us. So, you know, if people, if anyone listening thought, well, I thought there were apostles. Okay, well, it's just like anything else in the Bible. The Bible straightens it out. And here it is. God straightens it out. Apostles actually saw Jesus Christ and, and it ended. And, 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 and someone today who calls himself an apostle, Jesus just called him a liar in Revelation 2. Exactly, right, right. He said if anybody after 100 AD is running around and calling himself an apostle, he's a liar. And and that's God speaking. Well, you've said in the past when you were a doctor, you're like when these guys come to these healing, healing revivals or whatever you want to call them, you're like, hey, you know, you'd try to get a hold of them. I would invite them to come to the hospital. Can you come over to the ICU at the hospital and see if we can help out? Absolutely. Get this guy off the ventilator. Yeah, get these guys. Blue Cross will be happy. They'll give you half, you know. (laughs) And, And anybody can take a little time and a Bible Take a King James Bible and look through the mentions of the word apostle and see what God sets in his written word about apostles. And you'll see what he says. And they're nothing close to that today. Yeah, Yeah. Just these apostles had that power to do those things. And so God wants you to be a believer by faith. The only only thing God has left today are pastors Mm -hmm. and teachers and what he calls evangelists. Mm -hmm. Like you, Mark, people that go on the street. Or like an evangelist, like my son, that goes to a foreign country and tries to start a church there. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. And there's many, many others. Absolutely. But and they did have quite a faith. I mean, in verse 15, that at the least, the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. So they're believing like even a shadow is going to heal them. I mean, I don't think it worked that way. Correct? It, it, I'm it, assuming it didn't work that way. But they had such a faith in, in these apostles and what they could do for them physically. Right. Well, you see in the very next verse at the end of 16, they were healed every one. Yeah. So yeah. there was a lot of healing Bringing going on. Bringing sick folks and them. Sick folk, yeah. Which were vexed with unclean spirits. See, yeah. when you talk about the Bible Belt down south, it's, it's folks. By, by the way, you just <laughs> opened up another interesting uh, discussion here in verse 16. Mm-hmm. The sick folks... And healing sick folks and them which were vexed, yes, with unclean spirits, and they were healed also. Everyone. In other words, Amen. Mm-hmm. so so what he's trying to teach us, what the Bible would teach us, is something I never learned in medical school. 
and you probably never learned when you went to veterinary school. I never studied, learned anything. Yeah, but no, no. But when you, you know, when you work with the animals there, yeah. it's all physical. I mean, yeah. We all we think today is the body. Yeah. Right. We only think of the healing of the body, but people can be sick in the body, but they also can be troubled in their spirit and their soul. They can be vexed with unclean spirits. Some of the things that we see, some of the things that you'll hear uh, the policeman report about. My dad was a policeman. Sometime you get this guy and uh, he can fight five policemen. You go, where do you get all that strength from? Often he has an unclean spirit in him. Yeah. Like in the book of uh, the Mark. Remember in Mark when that, that man with the unclean spirit? Uh, and it says uh, there was this man uh, dwelling among the tombs. He had an unclean spirit in him. Mark chapter 5. Um, no man could bind him. No, not with chains. I mean, he could overpower a bunch of people. He had all that power and he was sick with an unclean spirit. And what God is trying to teach us, something that's been lost in America for the last hundred years, there is a spirit world. Yes. And, uh, it's there. It, it's true. It, it now, is. now it's not like God lets them have complete liberty to overcome because they'd overcome every one of us, mm-hmm. but there are people that continue to turn down the wrong path and do the wrong thing over and over and over. And God tries to call them back and they say, I want to keep moving toward darkness, keep moving toward darkness. And finally the Lord gives them up. And he says, turns them over to it. Turns them over to Absolutely. an unclean spirit. Yeah. Absolutely. I think during COVID, so many people got isolated yeah. and lonely and separated without a lot of human contact, friendship, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. family contact. And that's a little different. Maybe, you know, we're not talking about devils there, but right. we're talking about just the fact that it opens people up to the opportunity for addictions. I was hearing somebody talk about this earlier today. Absolutely. Yeah. The drug addiction it was probably and the worse alcohol than addiction. Ever. Yeah. I mean, people ought not to be alone. Right. And suicide. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and really, you know, this is... All these kinds of people, they were all being healed Mm -hmm. by the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's real hope in the Bible. There's real hope in Jesus Christ. There's, there's, you know, there's goodness and cleanliness and holiness and, and everlasting life. He's a good God, right? It's the goodness of God that leadeth men to repentance. Yes. And if anybody out there is struggling with loneliness and, and just isolation Despair, and that anything. kind of stuff, yeah. this is where you need to turn because he's a good and gracious God. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Instead of turning to the bottle, turn to the Bible. Yeah, amen. Instead of turning to a pill, turn to the gospel. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's what God would like you to do. Amen. Now, now we're watching the work that they're doing here. Mm-hmm. And it, it verses 12 through 16, as you mentioned, it seems like... All he's spotlighting here is the mighty signs and wonders done by the apostles. But if we know something about those guys, as they're healing people, they might be asking like, well, how did this happen? And he's praying, saying the same thing like uh, Peter said. Why you look at us as though this is all by us. That's the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob that's doing these things. Yes. We, we're just vessels for the work. So my point is. While they were healing, they were probably also ministering and preaching. Amen. Yes, of so, course. So they wouldn't do just one without the other. They always. I think would, it went hand in hand. Absolutely. There you go. They would use both the right hand absolutely. of faith and the left hand of healing the miracles. Right. Because that would explain the next verse we're about to get to, verse 17. I know. Here let's, we go. Yeah, let's carry on. <laughs> so we're going to go from 17. You want to go all the way down to 29? Sure. Okay. So the Bible says in Acts chapter 5, verse 17, then the high priest rose up 
and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. And over what? <laughs> over them teaching people the truth and over helping them? The helping truth. broken people? Well, I got to say, truth. there's quite a contrast here. If you consider back in Acts 4.31, where they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. And then in Acts 5, verse 3, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. About talking about being lying to the Holy Ghost. So, so now and instead, these guys are filled with indignation. Okay, so back in the fourth chapter, we're talking about people receiving God's word. Uh, and praying over God's word, and the gift is they're filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. These people are resisting God's word or rejecting it. That's exactly it. They're filled with indignation because there is no Holy Ghost there, and those are religious people that we're talking about. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. They don't have any power of the Holy Ghost. They have nothing. They were were over the temple at that time. That was like the... (laughs) The equivalent of the College of Cardinals today. They were in charge of the temple. Okay. Right. And and so people ought to be drawn to God's word and not be not be resisting and rejecting it. But here we go. So verse But it's always just real quick, it's it's always religion that's attacking the truth. That's religion religion attacking the truth. You know, that's interestingly and I'm just reading a book by Gail Ripplinger (laughs) the other day and she was Mm -hmm. talking about um, the attack on the Bible. And she was saying that if there's one thing God's trying to teach us in the book, and you go back to Genesis chapter three, when the devil shows up, he's, he's fighting God's word. Yes. So and changing it, the real battle that he's involved in is trying to take, you see, God speaks words to us. The right here in the Bible, right? We can read the words. We can believe the words. And what the devil says, well, let me explain and interpret and teach the words and what God means. Let me be the mediator between you and God. Mm. And that's in the realm of religion. Right. That's where you're going to find him, not in the bars, right. but but in these religious people. That's where the devil works. Well, yeah. ever since the beginning, like you say, in the Garden of Eden, God gave them his words. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was plain and it was clear and it was not that difficult. You can freely have of anything in the garden, just not that fruit of that one tree. That's pretty clear and pretty simple. And the devil came along. Devil came along and he starts doubting and lying about different things and and making everything cloudy and difficult. Right. And that's what religion does. It makes it cloudy and difficult. You never know if you're ever going to be sure. sure. But it, 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 it ought to be simple. It ought to be the Amen. simplicity of Christ. Oh. So here we are, uh, verse 18. And it says, and, and they laid their hands on the apostles. This would be the high priests and all the, the Sadducees. Sadducees. Yeah. Yes. yes, They laid their hands on the apostles and they put them in the common prison. But go. the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, go, stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Same <laughs> command, right? Same exactly. Thing. Go yeah. speak. Pretty clear. Yes. Verse 20, real clear. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came and they that were with him and called the council together and all the senate of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told saying, the prison Truly found we shut with all safety, and the keeper standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. <laughs> now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted of, their, of them whereunto this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison 
are standing in the temple <laughs> and teaching the people. Praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah, praise the Lord. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. And then it's a new paragraph again. So they, like you said, in the beginning here, they, they get thrown in prison, right? Verse 18 and 19, the angel of the Lord comes by night. He opens the prison doors. So what do we see there? This is not too hard for God to uh, overcome. He can overcome this real easy. Yeah. And if you go back to the what I was talking about, the healing revivals and things like that, yeah. um, it pretty much every time laid their hands on the apostles, it's usually a neg- negative connotation, isn't it, in the scriptures? Oh, no, well, when he means you lay know, their hands on, he means he like... Was host- they were hostile. You know, grab them by grab the scruff them. of the neck. It's usually and a throw negative connotation. Yes. It's not laying hands on to heal and... Right. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. in this case, they're throwing them in prison. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and most times in the Bible, when they're saying laying their hands on somebody, it's yeah. usually not good. Yeah, I, I remember. Because Paul does that. And in the Old Testament, <laughs> Nehemiah was the governor and yeah. he was protecting the city of Jerusalem. Yes. And, and he woke up That's one day <laughs> and he saw a whole bunch of uh, foreigners outside of the gates wanting to come in and the merchants selling all kinds of ware were lodging without Jerusalem. And, you know, we want to make money on the Lord's day. Right. And uh, Nehemiah stood up and I testified against them and I said, why are you lodging about the wall of Jerusalem? If you do this again, I'm going to lay hands on you. Exactly. I'm going to beat the guitar out of you. <laughs> like yeah. I'm just saying today in today's day and age, everyone always talks about laying hands on people yeah, and right. he, with the healing and all that stuff. And it's a negative thing in the Bible, you know? Well, and that was the verse I was thinking about in Nehemiah. So even though people desire miracles or signs or wonders, yes. even though they desire that, mm-hmm. right? They covet after those things. What we really ought to desire is faith. Jesus says, when I return, will I find faith in the earth? And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you want to please God, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen. So really, that ought to be our desire. Mm -hmm. Really, build our faith. Absolutely. Um, I actually met a girl named Faith this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you did. And uh, How did that go? Anyways, it's just... It's interesting. People can have names like Bible names and things yeah. that are really important in the scriptures. Well, and faith is a super important word in the scriptures. And, and not only that, the thing is, if, if I do have a miracle, uh, let's say I am sick with a disease and it's healed, mm-hmm. or, or I have a miracle where even I had an unclean spirit and, and <clears throat> you cast it out and I'm no longer depressed and I can go back to uh, my normal workplace because I'm not suffering from bouts of depression, That's just a temporary thing. Jesus uh, said one day in in the Gospel of Luke to his uh, men, he said, uh, notwithstanding, don't rejoice because of these miracles. Uh, Rather, rejoice because your names are written in heaven. The thing about the greatest miracle is having the new birth and having your name written in the register in heaven for eternal life. Yeah, That's right. Amen. So uh, I do also like that after they got out of prison, Verse 20 is so clear. 
the Bible really does, God, God makes it clear for us. He says, yes. go, there's, this is the first thing, go. go. Number two, stand. Mm-hmm. Number three, speak. speak. Go, stand, and go, speak. Go, stand, and speak. And you can do that in all kinds of different things in <laughs> aspects of life. <laughs> and first of all, get up off the couch, right? <laughs> and, and then stand up, be a man, right? And yeah. go out and speak God's words. Right. So, so he tells them when to do it, how to do it, where to do it, and then which words all the words of, of this, this life. life. I mean, God's words need to be spoken. Yes. The words that bring eternal life. You're listening to the What is Truth radio program where we're doing a review of the acts of the apostles in the Bible to look at how God began to build the church. It's been 2,000 years that this church is still here, and Jesus promised that the gates of hell would not prevail against his church, that he would preserve his church. And we want to know what is the pure and the true church that God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ are building. And we're learning this in the scriptures. Uh, We'd like you to go to our website if you get a chance. We're sponsored by Grace and Truth Church. Go to www.graceandtruthchurch.org. Grace and Truth Church, longword.org. Hit the sermons tab, click on YouTube, and uh, you can visit the old shows and stick around. We'll be right back with you for the second half after this station break. What is truth? What is truth? Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Do like Jesus said. Search the scriptures, and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And welcome back to the second half of our program. We are in the fifth book of the New Testament, the Acts of the Apostles, and we're in chapter five of the fifth book, and we're observing how God the Father is working with the Holy Ghost and building the church of his son, Jesus Christ, now that Jesus has left the planet, gone back to sit next to his father in heaven, and he's doing this work using the apostles, and we're seeing that the work is, I guess we'll call it simple. (laughs) Like Marv Levy used to say, it's simple, but it's not easy. It's simple (laughs) because all they need to do is go stand and speak (laughs) all the words of the gospel to the people, and we're finding instantly there's resistance and... uh, an enemy working against them. Absolutely. Yeah, and it happens to be the high priests and the Sadducees. It happens to be the religious the people. The religious people. And, you know, they they come after them and they lay hands on them. They even put them in prison. Now, yes. I just want to ask a question. So I have the apostles, let's say, on one team. We'll call them the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> I've, got, I've got the religious people on the other team, the Washington, whatever they are, yeah. and uh, Capitals. And now, now, who's the coach behind each team? Well, we've got Jesus. Okay, so behind the the apostles, we have God and Jesus, the general manager and the coach. Who's behind this other team? Not the same. It's the unclean spirits and the devil. Absolutely. And this is is a very simple message that God's trying to show us in the Bible. There is a spiritual battle for the soul's of mankind, Amen. not just in the first century, but today in the 21st century. Oh, absolutely. Amen. When you're talking to somebody about it, you can instantly, you know, you can instantly see almost if so, if there's a door that's going to open and people are interested, and then you can see when people are shut down and they won't want anything to do with it. 
Well, you know. sometimes people say, I'm a such and such religion and I'm going to be that until the day I oh, die. Oh, I've had that. But yeah. why? Why are you want to, tr- why do you want to trust in a religion? Right. When you see right here from this example in Acts 5, that there's a contrast between the apostles and the teaching of the words of God. Yes. Contrasting against the religious leaders. Why would you trust in a man? Isn't it Jeremiah that says, uh, he says, uh, blesses the man that trusteth in the Lord, but curses the man that trusteth in man. I'm yes. saying it not quite right. Uh, no, point. and then yeah. look at the Lord is constantly showing us in the scriptures that the the religious leaders are against our Lord. He's always showing us Going that. back to the Gospels, right? Absolutely. Yes. The gospel, encountered that absolutely. Gospel of John. I know that, like you've said before, there's 21 chapters in the Gospel of John. You've got seven, seven, and seven. Yep. The first the first set of seven talks about who is Jesus. Yep. The next seven chapters in the gospel of John is a conflict with the religious leaders. Yep. Yeah. And then the last seven chapters is a climax to the cross of Calvary. And, and that's a big part of the gospel of John. It's a yeah. whole third of it. Yeah. And so God's, he, the Lord wants you to see, don't trust a man. Yeah. Right. I mean, Man's religion is no, vain. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. That's, that's why I love in, 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 Yeah, ahead. that's why I love the this track I give out to people when they start talking about religion. Oh, you're religious. I'm like, no, I hate religion. And I, <laughs> we have a little track, it's a yeah. little card. It says religion kills. And I actually give this out to people. Here's yeah. my business card. I joke around <laughs> and they take it all the time. But yeah. uh religion kills and it says religion, the greatest plague on the face of the earth. And on the other side is the simple gospel, the simplicity of Christ right here. Yeah. What's know? it say on the back side there? Well, it just says, did you know all religions have this single feature in common? Man's attempt to save himself. Religion dominates one's mind, allowing one to think. I can save myself, be it through enlightenment, self-actualization, or doing good. Did you know that God hates religion because it's a gross imitation and mockery of God's truth? Biblical Christianity is man recognizing that he cannot save himself and believing in God's plan of redemption to save man through Jesus Christ. Let's just think this through now. Okay, so when Jesus Christ came on the scene, it had been about 4,000 years after the garden. Yes. And even historians will acknowledge at least the first 2,300 years before Christ because they find written material all over the world by all different people of different language groups. Okay, now... In those language groups, they notice there's all different kinds of religions. The only point I'm making is when Jesus showed up, there were religions all over the planet. Everywhere, yeah. Yeah. So if religion was the way of salvation, then maybe all God needed to do was just send Jesus down with a new and a better religion. Right. And he could have come down and said, look, I've, I've got this new, better religion for you. Let me write these things down take these writings and I'm going to disappear. Right. And, and then that's it. He didn't do that. But, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, God didn't so love the world that he gave a new religion. He gave his, he gave his son, son so yes. that he would die for our sins. Go yes. ahead, brother. You got something. Well, this is talked about in the old Testament and the new Testament. And Jesus addressed this himself. Yes. In Mark, Mark chapter seven, verse six, he says, well hath Isaiah, he's speaking of Isaiah, the Old Testament prophet. Yep. Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honoreth me with their lips, but their mm-hmm. heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. That would be, you know, traditions of churches. Sure, sure. And then he says, for laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men. And he says unto them, full well ye reject the commandment of God that ye may keep your own tradition. 
making the word of God of none effect through your tradition. So he doesn't want you to follow traditions. He wants you to follow God's word straight from him. Yeah. Right. So, uh, Acts chapter we, five. Yes. So we were here about verse 21. 21. Yep. And, uh, Talk, the Bible talks about that when they heard that and they entered into the temple, here they are back in the temple early in the morning <laughs> and they're teaching. Great, amen. And, and I, I like the fact that they're teaching because they've been preaching outside. Yes. And when they settle into the temple, now they're teaching. Which is good because yes. I, I remember uh, early on someone was showing me the difference. Preaching is the proclamation of God's word. It's like you do on the corner, like on the you corner. were doing yesterday, you on were Malden saying and Union. the Bible says, says, and then you'll quote a verse, uh, yes. uh, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. The Amen. Bible says you must be born again. Okay. That's proclamation. Yes. Teaching is the explanation. Right. And explaining what, what the Bible is about. And it's right there. That's God excellent. makes some teachers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've had somebody ask me, well, why? If God gave us the Bible, why do we need teachers? And I said, well, he kind of answers that later in the book of Acts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where somebody asks, uh, well. What must I do to be saved? No, I was okay. thinking oh, that in, in Acts chapter, oh, chapter eight. eight. Oh, right. Yeah, in Acts chapter eight, he says right. uh, That's something a good about one. understandest what thou readest yes. in yes. verse 30. Amen. And he says, how can I? Except some man should guide me. Right, and he de- he desired oh. Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And that so man had been reading part of the Bible, yes, mm-hmm. on his own, and couldn't quite understand it. He didn't know what and he so was reading. In the goodness of God, God has provided men teachers with understanding. Teach. Yeah. Yes. Understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Get the I'd big, like to find get, one. Oh, stop! <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's it's good to open God's Word, Brother and uh, it's good there to search. Go. It's good to search <laughs> out these matters. Right? Grace and Truth Church. Yeah. <laughs> I get the jackpot with the understanding. Here. Amen. There, there are good preachers out there. there, there there's are. a website on, on the internet, Good Preaching, without a G on the end, just goodpreaching.com. There's a lot of good old time preaching on there. Absolutely. And there's some it's good excellent. teaching on there. There's Amen. Bible studies there Amen. too. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Exactly. So uh, what else we have here? They they found him not in the prison because they were out right. and they were right back in the temple again. <laughs> and verse great? 25, it shows them they're standing in the temple and they're teaching the people. That, now, I'm just thinking about this. Okay. Let's say now, they were put in prison. They were put in prison for the crime of preaching the gospel on the streets. Yes. The Lord lets them out of the prison. I mean, my first thing might be go home and pack and get into my Pinto and drive out of, <laughs> get out of town. I'm not going to stick around there. And yet they go right back. Yes. And they do the very thing for which they were persecuted in the first place. I guess... That's part of the penalty of standing for the Lord. Jesus talked about persecution. Oh, yeah, in John yeah. fifteen twenty, absolutely. He warned them that this was going to happen. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute, persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. And then over in 16, verse 2, they shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. Yeah. So there's going to be quite persecution. There's persecution all over still today. Amen. Mm -hmm. Pastor, when you mentioned that they went right back to doing what they were put in prison for, and yet they're going right back to it. (laughs) I've met a handful of men that seem to have no fear about preaching the gospel. 
It doesn't matter what the opposition is. They don't seem to fear. I've seen men come into amazing opposition that most men would just run from. Right. And they don't seem to have any fear. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of them told me, have you never seen Galatians 2.20? And it says here in Galatians 2.20, he says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I'm not going to name names right now, but this preacher who faced a lot of opposition to the gospel, he said, look, I died in the flesh. What can they do to me? Yeah. What can they do to me? Yeah. Everything I'm doing now, I'm doing for Christ. Sure. That man was so bold. I mean, like in New Orleans, and Mardi Gras, during Mardi Gras, yeah. they've got their banners. They're raising their banners high. They're preaching yeah. on the streets. And they and there's some tussles and fights and people trying to rip their signs down. It's a sure. vile, volatile crowd. Talking yes. about being vexed with unclean spirits, one yes. of the things that will let that, them into you is a, a lot of alcohol. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, that's why they sometimes call over the alcohol stores spirits. The spirits. Yeah, Let's absolutely. say wine, wine and spirits. And spirits yeah. you, allows the spirits yeah, in. Yeah. Absolutely. Some bad spirits. Not good you don't ones. have a clean spirit in you. You're going to allow unclean yeah. ones inside. So here later in this, in like verse 26, it talks, the Bible talks about that the captain, the officers, they, they brought them back without violence. Mm-hmm. They brought them before the council and they said, did we not straightly command you? that you should not teach in this name, right? Or bring this doctrine. Yep. And then here we get into the next paragraph. And this is Peter. He stands up to answer them, but he's also preaching to them. Yep. And so in Acts 5, 29, the Bible says, then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. <laughs> I just Amen. Said that. Amen. Yeah. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. And when they heard that, they were cut to the heart and they took counsel to slay them. That's, you know, when usually when you're cut to the heart, it's talking about the conscience. Yes. Deep inside. And in other words, my conscience has been pricked by what I just heard. And and usually what God wants when that gets to the heart is that you would fess up and say, I was wrong. I mean, God is right. Yeah. Amen. That would lead me to repentance. Right. But when the heart is hardened against that, they turn the wrong direction Mm -hmm. and they turn against God and against God's witnesses. And they took counsel to slay them just as they were the men that took counsel to slay Jesus. He he said that back in in, uh, verse 30, you're the guys that slew Jesus and hanged him on a tree. It was the same Sadducees that told Pilate and Herod, crucify him, crucify him. Yeah. And what was it that caused them to want to take counsel and slay them? They heard, they don't want to hear the gospel. They heard the gospel. You know, he's preaching and teaching the gospel and they don't want to hear it. Well, they're, they're drawing men after the, the true gospel. Yes. Right? Yeah. And the, and the true gospel is that Christ died for our sins and we can't save ourselves. Like that card that you had that right. religion kills, right? Right. You can't save yourself. Yep. That's why Jesus is the Savior. God is the Savior, it says in the Old Testament. That, that's interesting. So that, that card <laughs> is saying religion kills, meaning religion kills the soul. And what he's showing you here is the gospel kills religion. Because if, if 
you turn to the gospel. In the turning to the gospel, you are going to turn from whatever religion you were in. For, for me personally, I left the religion of my grandpa and grandma and mom and dad, right. the very religion I was, I was raised up in yeah. when I heard the gospel, I left religion. And these men, these Pharisees, Sadducees, council, priests, recognize if people believe this gospel, they're going to leave us. We're not going to have the control over them. We can't pass the plate anymore. Go Bingo, ahead. That's exactly what it's about. Okay. People are going to leave us. Yes. And they don't want people to leave them because this is their big thing. That their their they, salary they, depends on it. Yeah. I get yeah. it. Yeah. The love of Jesus said you can't love God and money. You know what? I, I, I'll i bring this up. I remember when Arnold Schwarzenegger was a big movie star and he got to the point where he was making $20 million for every movie. Okay. And it was starting, they were starting to add up to even more than that. And all of a sudden, he turned to politics. And I remember, I thought, that's kind of strange. Why is he going to politics after making so much money? If money is the main thing, it's but power money was they want. bingo. They want power. Yes. So it's not just about the money and passing the plate. It's the yeah. power. And when they start losing people because they say, oh, you're proselytizing our people and taking them away from us. Right. 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 Well, now we're going to lose our money and our power. Uh, yeah, that's the big deal. That's the problem. That's the problem. They don't want to lose their position in power. But, they saw these people fleeing from their religion. But with you the know, right, they're saying it grew three thousand in a day. I mean, that's a lot 3, of people. Three thousand people in one day in joined one the day. Church. Yes. That's a lot. They're watching all these people flee from them. Yes, Go but ahead. with the right heart. With the right heart, they absolutely. could say this is of God. Oh, <laughs> sure, no way. Yeah. Their hearts are made of stone. Right? So we're still in Acts chapter five. Yeah, and we see again when they told them, and this is by at one point it used the word Senate in there. <laughs> It was in verse 21, the council together and all the Senate. So you've got the religious leaders and the governmental leaders of this city telling them, do not teach in this man's name. Do not teach in the name of Jesus Christ. And Peter and the other men answer, look, we ought to obey God rather than men. Right. right? And then we want to, the reason we do is the God of our fathers raised up Jesus and, and God's exalted Jesus to be the prince and the savior to give repentance and forgiveness of sins. And we're witnesses. And the Holy Ghost is also the Holy Ghost. What they're saying is when we're doing this work, when you're out there working on the streets, you're not alone. God's Holy Ghost is behind you, Amen. working in you and through you and to speak to the hearts mm -hmm. of the people. Yeah. Protecting you. I don't want people to understand this or misunderstand this one thing in verse 29. When Peter and the other apostles, when they answered them back and they said, we ought to obey God rather than men. I've had people kind of twist that and say, well, I don't have to listen to any men. Right. I, don't, I don't have to follow laws. I don't have to follow things like that. You yes. know, I'm, I'm doing God's work. Well, God says to do things decently and orderly. And that we ought to try to, you know, in Romans 14, I think it is, talk, talking about that we ought to try to live peaceably uh, with the government and all that. So, I mean, when you're going out giving out the gospel, you want to do things lawfully and orderly. You want Absolutely. to, you want to be, uh, have a working, friendly relationship with the police officers and right. be reasonable with them and all that kind of thing. I just want to throw well, that in well, there. Yeah, because it was, I was reading through the Bible and God so often does things in threes. And three of the great gifts that he gave to mankind are three institutions. Number one, the institution of the family. Yes. The father, the mother, so they could have the, uh, be fruitful and multiply and make more life. God loves children. God Amen. wants more children. So he gave the family for, the, uh, for life. He gave the temple 
and the church for the propagation of truth and good. So the point of a, of a real priest, a real in the Old Testament, a priest in the New Testament, a pastor, the point is to take God's word and to give them the words of God like Peter's doing here, like Paul did, like uh, Isaiah did. That That's what he wants. And, and so I've got one institution to make life. I've got one to promote good. And the government was given to punish evil doers. And restrain evil. Restrain right? and punish evil because, you know, they're going to be evil people down here. And God doesn't want families and children and wives attacked. He wants those people in prison. That's the government's job. And a good government understands how important they need the family and they need the church and they need the truth. So a, a good government is go, is not going to oppose the work of God. These are people where, I guess Al Pacino would say, you're out of order. You're out of, I mean, the government's out of order here. Right. Yeah. Trying to oppose the work of God. And in our day, in 2023, yes. it's if, you're looking at the gov- if you're looking at the government and families and the church, boy, yeah. there sure is an attack on the families. Absolutely. And there's a real attack on the government and... What's hmm. the law? What's the other one? Well, what's there? Uh, uh, what's the, the law in the United States? It's the Constitution. They're yes. not even following the Constitution. They trample they, they all over the Constitution. Yeah. So how do you follow them when they're not even following the law of the land? Which incidentally is something we've talked about here. Um, in the spiritual realm, the document that God gave to us that ought to be followed is his word, the Bible. Yes. yes. In the social realm, The document that ought to be followed is one that was based on the Bible, the Constitution. Yeah. But just like there are men in churches like these Pharisees and Sadducees and high priests that ignore God's word, like Jesus said in Mark, you you, you give us a lot of lip service, but you're ignoring the commandments of God and you're making up your own things. That's happening in the courts now and in the judiciary and in the law schools. They're ignoring the Constitution. I was talking to a lawyer recently. It is not required reading to read the constitution to get through law school which is crazy so wrong but (laughs) you don't have to read the law to get through law school but but they they read case law not the constitution they they, they read case law but but that happens at seminaries at seminaries you don't have to read the bible you have to read commentaries which is like the equivalent of case law but commentaries are written by men and case law is written by you know that's like reading commentaries for your whole christian walk Instead of reading the word of God, read the Bible. I have a problem even reading the commentary at the beginning of every book. Yeah, I really I skip right past things that may cause doubt. Like they always have something that can cause doubt, even when they're talking about the author. Oh, those are man's words right there. I just skip it. I don't even bother. I'll look at the occasion. Maybe they're right. Maybe they're not right. But I get right to the scripture. Sure. Forget. So, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a piece of advice from an old time pastor who's very bold. It's yeah. not the guy we were talking about earlier. <laughs> okay. Anyways. I, I know I, one that's bold. I can, attest, I can attest to this a little bit, but this guy really attests to the fact that he goes, when it comes to commentaries, people search through commentaries to try to find out more about the Bible. Yeah. More about God. Right. He goes, if you want to find out more about God. Why don't you try fasting and reading the Bible? Because if you fast, all of a sudden your spiritual ears and eyes open up a whole lot clearer. And then God will show you things that you'll be like, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Where was that before? How come I didn't see it? Thank you, Lord. Amen. Mm -hmm. So that's a way to find out more from the Lord. (laughs) Um, Anyways. We're in chapter five of Acts. Right. What verse are you in, brother? 
Well, after 29, yeah. uh, he, P- Peter and the other apostles, they, they, they talk about Jesus in verse 30. Yep. You slew him, you hung him on a tree. And I like in verse 31, he mentions that God exalted him to be a prince and a savior and to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. You see here, God's gracious. The Savior, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Promised One came to the land of Israel and they hung him on a tree and they crucified him. And God's heart is to give them another chance. This is this the God of second chances. That's what Acts is all about. He's yeah. back at the temple trying again. Yeah. Amen. So he's trying to give repentance Still to Israel. Still trying to reach the Jews. Absolutely. Absolutely. By the way, he's given a, <clears throat> more than a few chances to me and my life. Any of you folks? Amen. Yeah, okay. Amen. <laughs> a million. Amen. He's a good God. Um, and then, so they say they're witnesses of these things, and the leaders were cut to the heart. They wanted to slay them. And then here we go. We got uh, verse 34. Yep. Uh, Acts 5. The Bible says, Then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people, and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. And he said unto them, Ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. For before these days rose up Theodos, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, he was, who was slain, and all, as many as obeyed him, were scattered and brought to naught. The whole movement just scattered, yeah. Yep. Okay. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing, and drew away much people after him. He also perished, and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or if this work be of men, it will come to naught. But it be if, but if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it, lest haply ye be found even to fight against God. And to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. I'm going to finish the last two. Go ahead. After that, it says, and they departed. That would be the apostles. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Amen. And daily in, here they are back in the temple, daily in the <laughs> temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. They kept on going like the Energizer Bunny. They just <laughs> kept right on going. With the, okay. and, and, and doing the same thing in the same place. Yeah, they disobeyed that order and they taught anyway. They went and taught anyway in the same place. Can you imagine that kind of boldness? It's, I mean, I, sometimes I feel like I'm bold and then the, sometimes I feel I'm timid. I'm like, why didn't I say something? Why didn't I open my mouth? But if I had a police officer haul me away from a spot... And say never preach there again, but it was actually legal to preach there. I would. Pro- I don't think I'd go back. Yeah, I just think I could would, find another corner. I guess I find yeah. a different spot. <laughs> yeah. some, but the some Lord told compromise. me to preach right there. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. That's yeah. quite the boldness. That's amazing. And I don't think people understand what they're up against. I know because I know people that are Christians that have preached in front of mosques, mm-hmm. and you might say that's really bold and that's really dangerous. Mm-hmm. But you talk to those men and they'll say, okay, you try that. Now go preach in front of a synagogue. Oh, boy. Because if you <laughs> preach in front of a synagogue, he says, you have to understand, like, there's parts of New York City, right? Oh, yeah. Where even the police who work in those neighborhoods have the curls and they're Jewish. And they're Otherwise, gonna, they don't work in those and Orthodox they're not neighborhoods. they're going to defend you. Right. 
So, so the point is, is that, you know, men have, that have uh, risked their lives preaching the gospel in, in our day and have preached to some really rough crowds. Mm-hmm. We'll tell you that the roughest of the rough are the religious people, are the very religious people. Yeah. And so this is who they're going to. They're going right to the hot spot. Right, right. We get the same reports out of Israel today from the Jewish awareness ministries and the work they're doing there. It's uh, the the, the same Jewish leaders are opposing the Messiah of the New Testament. They're waiting another Messiah to come. Yeah. But there's only one true Messiah, the one whose birthright and genealogy is given in, in Matthew chapter one. But of well, course they were, go ahead. I, I, I heard, I saw a street preacher recently who, uh, he, he was faced with a rabbi and a rabbi came and said, I don't want you around here because you're trying to lead our people after Jesus. Meaning you're trying to take away our power and our money and our, sure. our people. Right. right? Yeah. And so that's why this rabbi confronted this, this street preacher and the street preacher asked him a question. He said, did you notice that there's a, a Muslim Dome of the Rock that's right in Jerusalem? I mean, this is God's city, right? Jerusalem is God's city. The Holy Land is God's land. You know, the land that you're not supposed to give away to anybody, yeah, yeah. right? So he goes, how is it that, he goes, what did you do to the Almighty God that he would allow the Muslim Dome of the Rock to be there? And the, and the rabbi answered, and he says, well, back almost about 2,000 years ago, such and such happened. He goes, oh, yeah, that's right. After you guys crucified Jesus. <laughs> that's right. Amen. We're running out of time on today's show. I know, that went and it's fast. exciting to hear how history is weaving together perfectly the way God has it recorded in the Holy Scriptures. And we're learning the uh, history of the New Testament church, which is still here today. And the church is the pillar and ground of truth. And that's what we like to look at right here in the Scriptures of Truth on What is Truth. We're with you every Sunday morning. We invite you to come and join us at 7 a.m. right here at this station. And if you, during the week, would like, visit our website, We're sponsored by the Grace and Truth Church. Go to Grace and Truth Church. You got to spell out that long word, Grace, A-N-D, truthchurch.org. Hit the sermons tab, hit YouTube, and you can listen to the old programs. And we hope to join you again next week right here at this very station at this very time. And until we meet you next week, do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know. What is truth? You've been listening to What is Truth? The radio show devoted to asking the question, What is Truth? Listen every weekend at this time for What is Truth? Only on WECK.